and welcome to Live, Laugh, Eat, episode nine. And in today's episode, we are talking all about red flags, specifically coaching red flags, not red flags when it comes to men, ladies. Unfortunately, even at the ripe old age of 35, I still can't give you advice when it comes to avoiding those. But I am talking about the things to avoid or look out for when it comes to choosing a coach. Because I've been in the industry a long old time now, and during that time, it's changed massively, especially since the pandemic, when people couldn't get into the gym. There was this real boom in PTs offering online services. And in fact, there are now so many online coaches that business mentoring for online coaches has become an entire industry within itself. Um, I remember actually when I first started offering online coaching about eight or nine years ago, nobody actually knew what it was. And I remember some people laughing and being like, well, how's that going to work? How are you going to PT people online? Whereas now I think most people are familiar with the concept and probably know someone who is or has become an online coach, or maybe you're even a coach yourself listening to this. In which case, I'd still keep listening as I think this episode will be able to help you when it comes to marketing your own coaching or even deciding on a coach or business mentor for yourself. So with so many people out there offering the same thing, I want this podcast to help you decide on like how do you work out a coach that's right for you and how do you avoid and spot the cowboys because trust me, they're out there and I have heard some horror stories from clients and friends. So anyway, I'll stop rambling on by myself. Today, I thought I would bring on a guest who's been in the industry even longer than I have. And he is somebody that I have known for a very long time. And back in the day, we even used to be part of the same nutrition company. But since those days, he's gone on to build an extremely successful online coaching business himself. And now he helps other coaches do the same thing. And he's a good friend of mine and one of the few coaches in this industry that I would actually recommend. Anyway, I'll stop rambling on. I should probably let you just tell him all about himself. So please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Daniel Meek from Biceps and Biker. Hi, thank you for having me. Am I, uh, am I the first male on the show? You are. You're the oh, first male. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Does that mean I'm really feminine or <laughs> does that mean that I was just top of the list of blokes you wanted on? I'm, I'm going to take it as the latter. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to say. Dan, I just don't have many mates. And you're yeah, right. yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're down to number nine. That's well, it. Yeah, like, like, yeah. honestly, cool. we're clutching at the straws now. Yeah. Time. That's, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. Don't worry, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but no, I thought I'd get you on the podcast because I thought you'd be an interesting person to chat to about all of this just because we've seen a lot in this industry having both been in it quite a while. So I guess if we kind of start by you giving people a little bit of background about you, who you are, just so that they know who the hell I'm talking to this week. Yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't bore you to death too much of the full-on history, but yeah, I used to work in professional sport, professional football, and then just gave it up uh, to become a PT in London, which my dad was thrilled about. Um, because again, as a career progression thing, it's kind of a, a backward step or what would seem to be a backward step. And I guess, as you said in the introduction, online coaching eight years ago was like, how are you going to make a business out of that? And my dad was the same thing with PT. It was seen as a thing that young kids did um, who were half decent at sport and weren't clever enough to do anything else. It's kind of the, the perception of it, I suppose. Um, but I kind of always thought that, you know, there was enough people doing it. I've seen, I saw the people who were very successful doing it and I, and I went into the into the London um, scene, I suppose, being a, being a PT, which was eye-opening, interesting, 
and actually taught me a lot about how to be a good online coach off, off the back of that. Um, cause I worked with, you know, a huge range of people, different types of personalities and, and all this sort of thing. Um, so it really helped me kind of get a grasp of a, what the general public want in a coach from actually speaking to them on a one-to-one -one level. Um, and then I suppose from that, what people, what sort of results people want off the back of it as well. Um, which I think is important for people listening, as you said, I'm, I'm sure that like I said my audience now is a lot more coaches and I help people become better coaches uh, and, and build better businesses off the back of that, which is again, the key thing there. But I guess that's why I'm here is to talk about how to spot those good coaches and, and kind of what that consists of really, um, because it is hard, always harder than it, than it used to be to spot a good coach. Um, based on, like I said, Instagram and how you can, I suppose, portray things online um, without them being, being real. Yeah, I think that's it. There's this real, like a good Instagram doesn't equal mm -hmm. a good coach. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, sometimes I've had clients that have been kind of suckered in by the fancy wrapper and then actually what yeah. they get inside is gone off for want of a better way of putting it. Mm. By the way, Dan, the analogies are still going strong. Oh, I can <laughs> imagine. I, I, I can imagine there's going to be one every single point we make. There's going to be an analogy, isn't there, for you? From you. It's, yeah. um, I mean, you've probably got them all written down. You're just going to try and squeeze them into the conversation somewhere. I think that's how you do it. You have them all written out and go, right, how can I get into the, into the chat? This is why if your answer doesn't make any sense, it's because of that, I think. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Can you remember like when we used to do the podcast like bloody eight years ago or whatever it was, you used to keep a little book of all the stupid shit I used to come out Oh, yeah, I think I ran out of space on it, didn't I? We only did about three podcasts and then we ran out of space in the book. Um, yeah, you used to come out with some corkers, to be fair. I think that was a lot of the time when you were definitely on lower calories. You used to come out with the, you know, with, with some absolute gold. Um, yeah. It was just that you could see the brain working and it was just like a little bit delayed and then just forgot what the first half of the thing was. And it came out, it was one of them, wasn't it? Where it just all jumbled up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think what I really love with what you're doing with your business now and helping coaches be better coaches is you're helping people build businesses but it's through actually getting them better at their job like done it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's crazy isn't it because there's this whole rise of like business mentors mm. that are just helping people get more people in the doors yeah as opposed to actually making people be good at what they do and then you know, the, the results come and then more clients come off the back of that. Like most of my clients come in now, not actually through like social media channels. They come in through recommendation <laughs> through other people that have worked with me. Yeah. And, and it's, and I think it's such an interesting thing because you, you, you go in any other business, right. And you would say like, you know, what makes a good, I don't know, a good product is like people go, well, it's to do with this. It's whether it's, whether it's cause it's robust, whether it's, you know, stands the test of time, whatever. And all the businesses you see, have come about because they've got results. You don't see businesses that are thriving because they've got a shit product. Other than maybe McDonald's, but I mean, you could argue, you know, it's not it's not as good as others. But again, it solves a pain point for people, right? In terms of, I suppose, speed and and, and cost. Or but the, yeah, hangovers, yeah. And I, and I will not have a bad word said about their breakfasts. But um, but yeah, it's just that whole thing of like, it, it, you know, good businesses always have good products. Like it's just, that's just facts. Like you have these people that come and go, you have loads of startups, they'll come up, they'll create something, it's shit, and then they go bust. It's like, you hear it all the time. And I think in our industry, it's just one of those things where so many people online can make it look like they're getting good results or they can make it sound like they're getting good results. And we actually fun have had a discussion uh, in, in, our, in our group of coaches the other month about AI and artificial intelligence. And in a matter of months, it's going to happen. People will be able to artificially create transformation pictures. It's happening. 
Wow. You can, so on with AI now, you can actually, there's a website, I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's called something like, this is not a real person. Something like that, this is not a real person.com, whatever it is. And it just generates images of people that aren't real, like in a, sle- in a second. Do you know what, actually, it's really funny that you're saying that, because the other day I heard um, a good friend of mine who's business mentor told me that one of his clients is making an absolute fortune online from an OnlyFans account of a girl that's not even real. Yeah. And he's done like automations to chat back to all of the dudes. So all of these dudes are getting excited and knocking yeah. one out to someone that doesn't exist. <laughs> and 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 that and this is where like again this is this is a bit deep for this podcast, but it does it is relevant to the to the coaching red flags. And I'll get onto this and, and we'll go in deeper into the results and stuff like that. Because like I said, co- coaches now will be able to just churn out transformation photos. They will do it. And, and and the worst thing about this is that the worst coaches will be the first ones to do it, right? It's like it, it takes someone with low ethics to, to start down that route. It might then take someone who's got good ethics but very, very desperate to then maybe do it. And then there'll be coaches like me and you who get great results who won't need to do that. So you're then going to have to think about ways to go, well, how are we going to make sure this is a real image? So I'm, for example, would start to get people hold hold up a newspaper, as, as old school as that might be, you're going to need something in there to go, well, prove that it's, it's real, right? So I think when it comes to the red flags thing, one of the first things that I, I when you when you asked me about this, I, I, was, I wanted to talk about is the, is the the variety of social proof that coaches use. So one of the red flags to me is if a coach just uses pictures all the time, because I know for a fact that my clients would have been more than happy to do a video for me. Go on camera and say, yeah, great, fantastic, loved it, it was brilliant. You know, and, and there might be some that are a bit nervous to do it, but, but, but a good good chunk of them would do that. Um, likewise, they would also, um, you know, send me send me WhatsApp messages and they send me voice notes saying that sort of thing. They'd say it on a video on their check-in. I could send a video of their check-in. And I've seen you do this before where you film, you know, a voice note someone sent in, share it on the story. And you get a sense for them. Well, they are working real people because I can see that person. I can hear their voice. I can put you know two and two together and realize that it, that it is that it is a person. So that was going to be one of mine uh, on this topic is don't if you follow someone and they just post photos all the time and you never really see or hear from their clients. For me, it's a bit of a, a bit of a red flag. And I think if you're a coach listening to this, make sure that with your clients you're getting as much variety in terms of social proof as possible. Um, and, and on that, we just had a photo shoot weekend with our clients. Can you see your coach speaking to people? Can you see them mingling with people? Like, I know you do this very well. You, you, you've done photo shoots before you've done all this sort of stuff. People can actually physically get access to you. You can see your clients getting access to you. That is also something that I think is really important. If you are following a coach, it doesn't seem like their clients get access to them, whether it is through WhatsApp, whether it is, you know, in person at something like a shoot or something like an event. For me, it's like, why is that? Because as a coach, you'd want to do that. You would want to spend time talking to them and, and, and being with them and all that sort of stuff if you were, again, good at what you did and and the people you worked with were real, <laughs> for want of a better term. It amazes me, actually, like the amount of people that will sign up for something without even speaking to that person. Mm. Like, that's not the norm. There are coaches out there that will, you know, speak to you, even if it's, you know, I record, I don't have phone calls with my clients every week, but they know mm. if any of them were really struggling, we would book in a call and I would pick up the phone. They also get mm. a video from me mm. every single week. We do client meetups. They have my phone number. And actually, 
you know, straight off the bat, one of the first questions I would be asking the coach is, how do I communicate with you? Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, it actually completely blows my mind, this whole AI transformation picture thing. It still blows my mind, the thought that people would Photoshop transformations as well, mm-hmm. but it happens. Yeah. Um, but I can remember even years ago, like going back probably, yeah, six or seven years ago now, a very well-known bikini prep coach uh, in the industry. Obviously, I'm not going to name any names on here, but very oh, boring. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't anyone out. Maybe I will later. <laughs> but a friend of mine worked for her. A male friend of mine mm-hmm. did her check-ins, and they're all done on email. So that, to me as well, I just thought, well, that you know, you've got females. Some like some of the girls that pick me pick me because they don't feel comfortable sending a man pictures of them in their pants, mm-hmm. or maybe their other half isn't cool with them snapping yeah. photos in their underwear. So, you know, straight away they think they're sending it to a female. Like, it just blows my mind that you're going to send someone pictures of you in your pants and not check out yeah. who you're talking to. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and, and this stuff goes on. Like this stuff happens regularly, and like I, I've heard. Even more than that, even more horrific examples of that of you know male coaches overstepping the mark, you know, and you've signed up with a male oh, coach yeah. basically, um, and and I, and I know that there's this element of well they get good results and you know like we've both heard stories because we've been messaging about it before on Instagram, various people, not just one isolated incident. There's there's loads of them and you know really inappropriate asking for inappropriate photos to be taken on check-ins for one, and then also really inappropriate messages sent back and forth, and it kind of ruins that professional kind of relationship straight off the bat and you're not comfortable you're sending this person money it feels really really weird and awkward i imagine (laughs) i wouldn't know but it's just that whole thing of this happens this goes on this is why you know i suppose we're doing this podcast right and talking about red flags because i know for a fact these people that we're talking about didn't do point one that i just mentioned they didn't share that sort of social proof they would just do pictures all the time and all they all they have to do then is someone who complains about them they block them and you can't see anything you yeah. can't see it. You don't hear about it. You know, and that's the thing with social media and who we follow is that we're not seeing the customers' Instagrams. We're just seeing theirs. We're just seeing their version of the events. Um, and, you know, that even down to things like, are they tagging these people in their posts? Are they tagging their clients and stuff? Like, again, we do that regularly. It's like we get our clients involved in the stuff that we're talking about and saying, have good banter with them on Instagram stories. We get them involved in it. That's, again, for me, is I, I say this, and it's about red flags. But that's a green flag. So the opposite of that would be a red flag, right? Mm-hmm. If they're not doing that, that's a, it's a red flag. Like I think that, you know, a good coach will get their clients involved in the fun that they're having in, you know, throughout their day and stuff like that. And you're not going to do that. If you feel like you're in a position with a coach who's doing that sort of thing, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that sort of um, interaction with them. So again, another, another thing to look out for. It's even stuff like I know that some of my clients, if I said to them, I've got somebody thinking about signing up, but they're not sure. Can they, they want to speak to a client. I know Mm -hmm. my clients would speak to yeah. whoever was thinking about signing up, I'd have no qualms with people speaking mm-hmm. to my clients or people that I've worked with in the past. But it's even things like, so Chloe, who's who's one of my coaches, she worked with a coach about five years ago and didn't have a good experience, got a good transformation, but not through a, you know, at that mm-hmm. point in time, it was grueling on her to yeah. get that. The coach now to this day, five years later, despite the fact that Chloe said, please don't use my pictures anymore, still uses her transformation Mm -hmm. pictures. That was five years ago. 
but same thing like he isn't tagging her in any of those so yeah it is something that's worth looking out for it's probably also worth asking like when when were those pictures taken or just pay attention to you know we've only got to scroll down a feed to see right are things being repeated here or are yeah. these fresh ones are these new people um but like you said yeah. the video stuff i think is great if someone's got video testimonials they've probably got a good relationship with their clients unless yeah i don't imagine anyone's like holding a gun in the back of a van like. yeah yeah i think um like, like you just said there, that's another one. Another red flag is if they continually champion the same people all the time on their Instagram. If they're constantly using the same one. And yeah, look, you know, some people will be doing better than others. And, and also, look, if they're a brand new coach and they're, you know, between naught to 10 clients, you know, and they've only got a few clients, they may well repeat social proof and stuff. But but again, that's not the kind of thing we're talking about here because they would give you the time and attention. They would know to do all that sort of stuff. We're talking about people who are a bit busier, I suppose. And that would be a red flag for me is if they constantly use the same person yeah. You know, let's say you assume they've got 30, 40 clients because they've got, you know, somewhat good results. But if they keep championing the same person all the time, it's a bit of a sign of like, well, who else is is getting results? Like who else is doing the good work and all this sort of stuff? So that would be another thing, um, yeah. you know, to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I think that's it. Like there are some coaches that they'll get their one like poster boy or girl. And you see this a lot with like bad prep coaches. Like mm-hmm. they'll get that one person that's just a genetic freak and it doesn't yeah. matter how badly they're coached, they're gonna look freaking awesome and clean mm-hmm. up anyway. So they keep using those, but they don't get great transformations with anyone else, you know? But because they yeah. coach that one person that's winning that show, people assume they're they're a good coach. But and, and, and there's also an element to it where sometimes, I'm not saying this happens all the time, but I, I know of cases that it does happen where that person who is the champion poster boy or girl isn't even paying for it because they are saying to this person, look, I get you all, all these all these people through the door. I get you great results. And the coach doesn't even charge them. Mm. So then you go, well, they're not going to complain about a poor service. They don't know what poor service is because they're not paying two, £300 a month potentially like, like some other people might pay in that prep coach. All of a sudden then it's like, well, then... Where, where's the where's the line there it's kind of well are they even doing what they said are they just doing their own thing because they're not you know they're not paying for it and would if they were paying for it would they feel differently yeah and and that's the, that's the struggle i think i think that's it it's like that same logic isn't it like i've had supplements companies send me supplements in the past i wouldn't spend my own money on them but if you're gonna send me them i'll take them do you know what I mean? i'll yeah. drink the bca i remember i remember we them. got um i remember mike <laughs> got sent um mike got sent some phd plant protein bars like they were made of like vegan, they were plant protein bars and he did it on camera and he was like, oh, thanks PhD, got this and he ate it and he was like, it was absolutely fucking awful. Like he was like, it's dreadful. Uh, on camera, obviously he never got sent anything again, but for us, we've never, we never get asked for sponsorship on anything. And the reason for that is because we don't promote anything because ultimately like that's another red flag is if they're promoting every single product under the sun, then like, okay, or, or not only that, because some people do have good relationships with people where they promote something for a long period of time, that's great. If they chop and change all the time, they're like, one day it's my protein, the next it's, oh, CMP, uh, you know, they're, they're sponsoring me now, they do really good stuff. Then it's, I don't know, SciTech, and it's like they're jumping around. All they're doing is trying to make the most amount of money from doing yeah. that, you can tell. They don't use those products, they don't really care. That's um, it, I think, like, that I would say is another red flag, actually, as well, is a coach that kind of pushes themselves more than their... Yeah clients like mm-hmm. somebody that's an influencer with a fitness product is yeah. different to a coach i would mm-hmm. say i don't know would you agree yeah i, I would i think that that's there's a thing another red flag alongside that a lot of the time with these again influencers or, or coaches is that 
if every post on Instagram is a picture of themselves. Like for me, Man, it's I'm like feeling a bit. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I'm not having to go. Um, I've got all beef on that, mate. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, um, but you know, I'm thinking like you know, like the Love Islanders have got two hundred thousand followers, and then all of a sudden they become an online coach. I'm like, really, mate? Like, really? Like, is that really what we're going for here? Yeah. There's a difference between what you do and what they do, obviously. And there's a difference between being inspiration and sharing your journey and, and and doing what they do, which is make every single thing about themselves. But um, yeah, that, that's the other thing I think is like, is it? There's a, there's a fine line between having a professional page and a personal page and sharing it, you know, the two, because one of the things I was going to get onto a bit later is about how much they do share of their life. I think that's important as a coach and, and that sort of stuff. So, you know, to not uh, completely uh, be a hypocrite, there is an element where you do have to share some stuff. But I, I follow some people who, you know, are my protein sponsored and every post is them in swim shorts selfie. And I'm like, you know, did you know that BCAs help with muscle repair? You can get yours here. And I'm like, sign up for coaching below and it's and they will get clients because they look good of course they will but i wouldn't again hire a coach based solely on how they look that's yeah. an, that's that's one straight away yes you want them to be inspiring yes you want them to have walked the walk and done those things and do those things but if they're relying solely on that that's it's not a it's yeah. not a good place to be it's crazy though isn't it because i remember saying i said this in one of the very first podcasts here is that in my time coaching I can, there's probably a handful of people that have actually asked me about my experience and qualifications. Mm. And and people do just pick you off the basis of what you look like. It is yeah. crazy. So I guess then, Dan, with that in mind, if somebody was looking for a coach, what would you, or if you were looking for a coach, if you wanted mm -hmm. somebody to coach you tomorrow, what would you specifically be looking for and what questions would you be asking them? I... Personally, I would like to know a little bit more about them as a human rather than as a as a coach and rather than as a you know an athlete, whoever they are. I always feel like good coaches show themselves on their stories. They show they're relatable. They show parts of their life that aren't fitness that are outside of that. That show that they're a little bit different, um, interesting, and 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 for want of a better word, normal. Like I think that's the thing. I think a lot of the time with with fitness people, I wouldn't want to work with a robot who just went to the gym all day every day and that's all they did and all they did was eat chicken broccoli and rice and all that, that sort of is, stuff a lot of them that is what they do Dan. yeah i know i know right <laughs> um is that i'd want to see what they get up to in their time off and that they have fun and they're enjoyable that they're decent people to be around and that sort of stuff so that's the, the main thing for me and i think a lot of good coaches you asked about what questions would i ask i think the best coaches answer those questions within their content and within their, their Instagram stories, within their overall content strategy, they answer all those questions. So for an example, using you as an example, I'm going to pick on you. Oh, no. Um, is like, you've obviously got a podcast where you go deeper into your opinions, deeper into your thoughts and feelings, and people can get a real good depth of, of, of I suppose, you and your knowledge level, your personality, your analogies, you know, all those sorts of things. That's, things that's that the out. clincher. That's what it is. They're on yeah. the fence, Dan. They're thinking about working with me. They hear an analogy. And that's like, it. They, they go for it, right? 100%. So I always feel like with things like podcasts and, and YouTube and all that sort of stuff is that they're going to get a feel for, okay, if I was going to speak to this person, this is how they would speak to me. This is what the kind of things they would say. They're going to know with you, they're going to get some analogies, right? And all that sort of stuff. They know they're going to get that because as much as we joke about it, it's actually part of your brand. It's actually a, a, a branch of it. And it's actually something that makes you unique to you, which is what people want. People want a coach who's unique and not just a robot. So the longer form content, you know, helps helps with that. You then got the Instagram posts, which again, over the course of following someone for a couple of months, you're going to get a feel for the results they get. 
you're going to get a feel for how they kind of go about saying things, but also their personal life to a degree, what they're doing, their own stuff, their own journey, which is which is great. And it gives you the overall feel. And then you've got the Instagram stories, which really lets you go deep into them as a human being and as a person. So their hu- what's their humor like? And again, this is usually stuff outside of fitness. So the podcast will be used for them to get an idea of you and your fitness knowledge and your beliefs and probably how you're going to coach someone. Um, and then the Instagram stories is for them to go, right, well, she's got a dog. So she's got some responsibility, right? I know that she she has amazing cooking skills when it comes to baking. That's cool. I don't cool. see that so much these days. Don't I don't see that so much anymore. I don't oh, bake so much now. Um, you know, we, we we know that from your stories that again, you when you go out to eat, you have a have a sense of you have a flexible diet and you enjoy that side of it and that sort of stuff. You're not in the gym twenty four seven. You've taken up running of all things, which is mental. I know. Um, so you're showing this side of things that you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. You're doing something different. You've never been a runner, but you've told yourself right, I'm going to try it. Now, whether people know it or not, all these things subconsciously tell them that you are similar to them, that you don't like doing certain things, but you do them anyway, because it's good for you, that you do just eat normal food, you do go out to eat in restaurants, you do go on holiday to Dubai, and you do like all those things. It shows that you're a real human. And I think that for me, they're the things that the questions that I would ask someone is, how are you going to coach me? Like you said, how do we communicate? How do we check in? What sort of results have your clients had previously? And do you think we'll get on? They're the things that I would ask. And they're the things that you would know from those bits of content. Yeah. You, you would know that. So for me as a good as a good coach, if you call myself a good coach, for me as a coach, if I was good, um, would be if I got on a call with someone, they feel like they're chatting to a mate and they're kind of already sold on the idea. They just kind of want to know the logistics and how things work. And it's actually really chill chat. And they kind of know they're going to sign up pretty much. Um, so that's it really. Like it's, it's the questions should be, in my opinion, when you got on a call with someone as a client for a coach, you shouldn't actually have many questions other than, Right, how much is it? Because that's an important thing for a lot of people. And then when do we start? Because you should know that they can get the result and that you like them enough and that how they communicate with people. Yeah. Anyway, so if you've got those questions, I would argue like maybe don't reach out yet and see if you can figure that out um, from, from following them because you should be able to. Yeah. And that's what we would train our coaches to, to show. And for me, I think another one I would add to that is if I message them, what kind of reply do I mm-hmm. get? Do you know what I mean? Like... Sometimes I think people like hold off messaging me or something, or they're really surprised if they send me a message with a question and I send a voice note back mm-hmm. and people are like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, it's just like- That's just because you can't spell chat. though. That's just because you can't spell. So don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, access to Grammarly at that time. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but you know, it's because I use 20 words when one will do. Like that's just who I am. Yeah. And actually, if you're my client, you'll get a voice note. So you might as well get that Mm. from the off. Whereas I think if somebody, if you ask somebody a question and they ghost you or they give you a really short answer, and again, Mm. coaches are busy. This is the other hard thing is that the more successful you come as a coach, the busier Mm. you get. But you know, if somebody is acting like they don't have the time of day for you and you don't Mm -hmm. get a good gut feeling from the off, I would listen to that personally. Um, like yeah. you, you don't want to feel like an inconvenience to somebody you're thinking about handing money to. For sure. Yeah. And I think also as well, like I, I always feel like as a client, the first month of, of coaching is quite an important month. It sets the standards and all that sort of stuff. And I think as a client, you need to understand that in that first month, that coach is probably going to be more responsive, a little bit more receptive because they understand that for you at that time, there, there is some nuances that you need answered. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you need probably to hand with. But a lot of my clients now that I've had, I mean, I've still got clients now from like three and a half years ago. I still do fat loss coaching with people. And like, 
they now literally don't speak to me other than their check-in. They don't need to text me. They don't have those questions anymore. And they know that if they did, that I might take a bit longer to reply to them because they kind of know the answer. I might just look for some reassurance. And I think that's the other thing as, as a coach is you coach people differently and depending on what stage of their journey they're in and, and kind of, you know, how you might talk to someone. So for example, they're like you said, I've got clients who've been with me for a year and a half now and I know how to coach them and I can be quite blunt and I can be quite honest with them. But if they're just starting out, I need to get a feel for like, actually, how's best to approach this? So I give them the the, the context and I give them a lot longer. So it might be a voice note, it might be that kind of thing. And I've been in a position before with, with clients where 18 months down the line, I don't need to send a voice note. I just go, no, stop being a dick. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's same same with you, I imagine, right? Is that I think it's it's with whereas some people do that from the off. Like, and I'm like, no, they don't know the answer to that question. So if a coach tries to make you feel stupid, that's also not a good thing. No. Like if they if they're on their whether it's their content, whether it's that you're asking them questions, you know, their DMs and stuff, and they make you feel like you're stupid or you don't know anything. Again, another another kind of red flag for me is if you start with a coach in the first month, they make you feel like that. Like that's that's not a good a good sign. Um, I, again, like there's there's ways of doing it in in the future when you can joke around with them and stuff like that. Of course, like me and you can joke and I can take piss out of you a little bit because we know each other. But it'd be a bit weird if I was just a random guest and I start taking piss out of you. It wouldn't feel right. You'd be yeah. like, "Is he being serious? Like, how's this to be taken?" So, it's the same with coaching. It's like in that first month, it's really important that you you feel comfortable in that scenario and don't feel bad about going. Look, this isn't working for me. Like, I, I can't get on with this because. If it's a if they're a good coach, you should want to stick with them for a year, two years, three years, and, and see your physique develop over time. If, if if that's your goal, obviously. But I think a lot of people feel like they're stuck in. They feel like, oh well, I've got to see it through now. It's like you really well, unless you've signed up for something. Again, that's another thing. Um, and yeah, if you sign up for something longer term, but most people, you should be able to just say, look, I, this isn't working. Like I'm not happy with the communication. It's not what you said it was going to be or whatever. Because that's the other thing. A lot of them say, oh yeah, I'm always available. Oh yeah, you're always available. But then you just call me an idiot. And that's not really what I want, is it? And that's it. I think a good coach will, you know, an experienced coach, like I make it very, very clear up front certain things. Like my clients know, as a general, I don't, because I I don't coach many competitors now. So unless someone's Mm. competing, you might not get a reply from me on weekends. Sometimes I do reply on weekends, but I always say, you know, Monday to Friday are my response times because it's important Mm. for me to have that work-life balance in order for me to keep being enthusiastic and showing up and giving my clients the attention that they deserve for their check-ins. You know, Mm. if I get overworked, the standard of the check-in declines. So I think a good coach will make that very transparent upfront like this is when you can contact me and but they know that if they contact me within those times they always get a response like very promptly and how long they'll be left waiting and how the check-ins work and when you know their bit versus my bit like that there will be standards agreed up front with a good coach if somebody's just a bit vague about it they're either probably very new to coaching or they don't really care about the clients that are on their books yeah, I think that's the key thing is it's the expectations, isn't it? It's not It's not about, and if you signed up with someone and they said, yeah, you can con- contact all 24-7 and then they go, once, you, once you're in, oh, no, don't mess with me at weekends. I'm like, well, that's not what you said. As long as they, you know, you say that, I think it's, that's the key thing is that a good coach, like you said, will have those expectations written out and you'll yeah. know when you sign up, this is what's expected. Like we send it out to every single client okay. as soon as they sign up. That's what I'll do. That's what you'll do. If either of us don't do that, then we can, we can call it a day kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I've never actually ever in my whole time coaching had someone cancel because they weren't happy that I was not holding up my end of the bargain ever Mm. in my whole time coaching. So just goes to show if you outline it up front, 
it just makes everything so much clearer as well. And I always think that as well. Like I hear some coaches moan about flaky clients. Yeah. And I think, how have you got those clients in the doors? Cause I think that's the other problem is this is, this is an issue that I'm seeing more and more is people like really forcing people into coaching and then moaning that they've got shit clients. And it's like, mm. we well, basically bullied them into it. So what do you expect? Yeah, that's the thing is it's it's one of those where I do think that it's coaches use that term that they flaky client and go, oh, they're just not motivated or they're just not this. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. They're not motivated because that's why they're in position they're in now. They need your help. Mm. Like they're being flaky because they don't know what to do. They need you. To, they need you to support them. They need you to kind of be on side with them. So I think that's one of those things where. Again, a bit of a a bit of a red flag is is if is if coaches are moaning about people being flaky or not being motivated and all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's your job. Like, they're not going to come in super motivated. Like, I had a I had a client just sign up with me. Actually, to be fair, I need to thank you because I think he came from you, one of your clients' husbands, boyfriends, maybe. Um, he signed up that, like, and he messaged me about a year ago, and then he messaged me again this this last I know, month. I know um, who that is. <laughs> yeah, and and he messaged and said, oh, you know sent him for his training plan and he was just like, I'm just not motivated to get in the gym. Like, I just can't get the motivation to get there. And I said, yeah, cool. I was like, yeah, it's understandable because every time you've ever been in there, you've not seen the results you wanted. So that's, it's not, you're not going to be motivated to get in there. What I'm saying is in four weeks, you might be motivated because you'll have seen results and seen changes. This is just something you have to do. Like it's not about being motivated or not. And I know that in six to eight weeks that it will be, that he will be motivated and he will want to go because he'll be seeing the changes he wants and see the, the things he wants out of it. So, that, that's the that's the thing I think with with coaches if they're blaming their clients for lack of results all the time. Mm-hmm. Look, we've all had those clients. Some of them just don't do what you ask them to do, um, and it could be the wrong coach for them. Could be they didn't click, whatever. But I have seen coaches before make videos and blame flaky clients and blame people for not wanting it enough and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, come on, like you're there to help them, not just yeah. completely shoot them down. I also think as well, like so many more coaches would do better if they were just direct. Like I'm very direct with my clients. Mm. They always know it comes from a good place, but I find that the longer I'm doing this as well, the more I, I just don't beat around the bush with anything. Yeah. And if I notice that somebody's not getting results or then I'm, I just really level it out. Look, I've noticed this thing, like let's get on a call. Where's the breakdown coming in? What can I do? And I'll check that I have exhausted everything from my end. Cause it could be, mm. you get them on a call and it's the simplest thing. Like I once had this client that was checking in every single week, right? She was always hitting a, like, she, you know, she'd fill out a nutrition log Her macros were always pretty much bang on, but we were working together for probably about eight or nine weeks and she hadn't lost any weight. And in fact, if anything, her weight had gone up a little bit. And I know scale weight's not everything. I mean, pictures were no different. Measurements mm-hmm. were unchanged, but she never once complained that she wasn't losing weight. Mm. So it's fine. I could have left it ticking over as it is, but I said, oh, should we hop on a call? Anyway, we get on the, the call and I said to her, I said, but you haven't lost any weight across this time. Like is weight loss still the goal first and foremost? She said, yeah, it is. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to be really direct here, but I know that you're doing something that you're not telling me about because mm. I've been coaching you now for eight, nine weeks you paid me to help you lose weight. You haven't lost any weight, but you haven't complained. And if I'd mm-hmm. handed somebody money to help me do that and I'd followed their thing to the letter and I hadn't lost weight, I'd be you'd be well within your rights to complain at me right now. Like, mm. why aren't you complaining? 
And she just laughed and she said, so I'll be honest with you, I've been smashing dairy milk every weekend. Yeah. And then we had a bit of a laugh, a bit of a joke about it, because I don't care what people do. Like, I really don't. I just want to help you, you know. I'm not going to make you feel bad for eating dairy milk. But it's like, sweet, now we can get somewhere. And we created a plan that incorporated dairy milk every single weekend and we started getting somewhere. I think, you know, if had I been one of those coaches in that scenario that would have just written her off as a waste of space or whatever and not taken that time, she wouldn't have got those results. And actually, in the end, she lost 10 kilos. Like, it was a great, she was really happy. (laughs) She still got to have her dairy milk. Everyone's a winner, you know? I think it's because people have this perception, whether it's from an old coach, whether it's from the industry in general, that like, yeah, that they, they shouldn't be eating chocolate, they shouldn't be doing this, and they feel bad for telling you. And I think this is where it comes back to being a relatable coach and being, you know, obviously with that situation, you've had a you've coached enough people to know there's something going wrong here. Like, 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 you know, like, like the guy would as well. And, and you kind of ask that question in the, in the sense of going, look, I'm, I'm here. And I think if you're, if you weren't as relatable and weren't showing your side of stuff and that you eat chocolate, you enjoy stuff yourself. She maybe not, would, wouldn't have felt comfortable open up and said, no, oh, nothing's fine. Everything's okay. And then maybe just canceled and just gone on. Oh, it doesn't work, which is what you get with a lot of the other types of coaches that are that way inclined. Like there was like, I think that was, I, I, I don't watch huge amounts of fitness stuff anymore, thankfully. Um, but, I saw that there was a presenter on, there was something on, was it Good Morning Britain or something like that? And they had a, the trainer on there who was basically like, he sacks his clients if they eat burgers or chips or, oh, or chocolate Oh, I heard or about this. Yeah. It was something like that. And I saw bits about it because some trainers had talked about it. Um, and it was basically like how he kind of judges them and he fires them as a client for all this sort of stuff. And I was like, well, they're going to do it. They're not going to tell you. Like, so where, where does that put things like how does that make you feel kind of and and it's these coaches that make make out that they're all this great person and they're doing all this sort of stuff and it, it just comes across as you're just a dick and those sorts of people won't get the sort of results that you'll get like that woman went on to get a fantastic result um and i think like that's a, as a prime example of being relatable and understanding look you'd you probably went look mate i love a bottle of wine in the weekend like i'm just not gonna lie to you like I, I this is how i incorporate it into my week so do you know what this is how we're gonna do it for you I like going out. I like eating some nice food. So, you know, this is how you do it. All of a sudden, she knows that she can open up to you about that. Cool. Start seeing weight loss. Like, I had it, literally, literally had it. I got um, my my WhatsApp up here to to read this as well about expectations. Because funny enough, I had a coach message me today saying that he had some feedback from a client who's done really well, got great progress on the program, but said that she didn't see any value in carrying on every month um, because there wasn't really, there was very little one-to-one support. Um, and it sort of said, I understand that I have my one-to-one check-in and all that sort of stuff, but it just didn't feel like I got a lot. And I could sense from the message that he sent me was like, he was ready to go in. He was ready to be like, you know, it's all on you. It's your fault, your fault. And I just sent him a message back and I just said, you need to ask her what her expectations were of coaching. Because before you get all defensive, before you get all like this, and it comes back to that thing of, as a, as a client, you need to know where you stand and all that sort of stuff. And I said to him, I said, was she expecting to message her every day? Do you have it written in that you message whenever, or, you know, you might say you're available, but does that mean that you should be messaging her? She interpreted that that way. I think a lot of this stuff, like you just said there, it comes down to interpretation because that client of yours may have interpreted that she couldn't eat chocolate. And, and and that's not the case, but you've not said it explicitly, but she may have interpreted that from something that was written down or a piece of content that she's seen that maybe not even from you. And it's just important to ask those questions. And like I said to this guy, I said, rather than going in and saying, well, he said that oh, she never used to give that much feedback in her check-ins i was like okay well rather than blame her which again it could well be that it's her fault she didn't give you much let's ask ourselves a question is there something that you've done first as a, as a coach that you could have improved upon so i think that's the other thing is, is, a, is a, a good coach will always ask those questions you didn't blame her you didn't go look you're failing this program you just said look i really want to help you um 
based on what I'm seeing, we should be seeing progress. So like, I think there's something going on here that, that you're not telling me. I've had many conversations like that, but again, rather than attack them and say, you're shit, which again, so many other coaches do, you shouldn't be made to, made to feel that way. You should be made to feel like you're listened to and that the coach understands look, there's something going on here and I really want to help. Yeah. Rather than, like I said, in, in that example as well, like yeah. going in and being like, well, it's your fault. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Well, let's make sure first that you didn't set this up to be this way. Because um, a good coach, I think, is always asking themselves those questions and always thinking about their own service, their own things that they're doing, rather than blaming the client yeah. all the time. Because as a coach, you always assume that what you do is the best thing in the world. But inevitably, it's not going to be. There's always ways you can improve it. And it's just, it's just about making sure you, you fix those those um those leaks potentially in, in communication yeah i literally have a question at the bottom of my check-in forms the last question is is there anything more i can be doing as your coach to help mm-hmm. your progress or to help you reach yeah. your goals i can't remember how it's worded but that's the last question so it's really really clear then because some of them will say yeah i need some more example meal plans and then I'm like, yeah, I need some more analogies, this is the please. Thing. That's yeah. what I need more analogies every week. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're saturated oh. with analogies. With <laughs> lack of analogies from me, mate. I bet you. I bet you sometimes like, feel like stop. as well. You're like, yeah. I bet you sometimes feel like, have I told this analogy to this client before? Can I repeat this one? Did I say it four weeks ago? Can I say it again? You always feel like you have to have to go into your bank of analogies to get them out. <laughs> Sometimes my favorite ones is sometimes they evolve on like feedback videos. So as I'm going yeah. through something you know, and sometimes it goes really west, do you know what I mean? It's like so wrong, but I can't oh, put I can it back because yeah. I'm committed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes for entertaining viewing, if nothing else. I bet, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we've talked about like the questions that we would ask. Let's dish a bit of dirt as to how bad it can get. <laughs> so Dan, give me... Mm. What are some examples of the worst? Because you must have seen some, like I've seen other coach. I think this is the thing that people don't realize. Like as a coach, you see a lot of other coaches work mm-hmm. as well when clients come yeah. to you from other people. So what's the worst thing you've seen or heard? Give me some examples. I think the worst one that I've, I've seen is, uh, you know, the standard Microsoft Word document meal plan. Um, which got sent to a client who paid for, I believe, paid monthly, I believe, actually. I believe they paid monthly. They didn't even pay up front. They paid monthly. Quite a lot of money to, again, sort of not famous, but I suppose a popular kind of kind of coach. Um, and didn't hear from said coach for 16 weeks after receiving the meal plan. Was paying monthly. And it's partly the, partly the client's fault here as well. I'll get to that in a second. But um, didn't change for 16 weeks. And then when it did change, one of the meals was removed and that was it. <laughs> now, this client, to be fair, didn't message the coach to say like anything like that. But that coach didn't reach out at any point to say, how are you getting on? Here's a check-in, here's this, here's that. 16 weeks, nothing until the client messaged to say, I'm not seeing any progress, like, you know, nothing's happening kind of thing. Because obviously it would stall eventually. Just removed a meal from the, the Word document and then they carried on. Now, if that was me, I'd have cancelled that direct debit and I'd be like, I'm not seeing you ever again, like kind of thing. But you hear those stories regularly about people paying, you know, th- even thousands, but usually it's about a thousand for three months up front. And they get sent the same sort of thing. And that is it. I've also heard of someone paying, again, a popular coach, a thousand pound up front, and they got sent someone else's training plan, someone else's name on their training plan. Wow. And it was not even related to them and what their goals were whatsoever. Just completely like 
like that. Yeah. I um, once actually caught a PT at a gym who I coached. I won't name her on this podcast, but she's gone on to have quite a following now, actually, funnily enough. Mm. But I once caught her typing over the training plan I had written to her to send out to one of her online coaching clients behind the desk. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I was like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. And then, then I found out she'd been sending out my training plans with putting her logo over the top of them, basically. Like, it happens, right? And I like, yeah. y- you can't help people sharing stuff. But I think a lot of people aren't aware that this kind of stuff happens. And it depends how someone's selling stuff, right? Because, you know, you mm. can go on my website, pay £15, and there is a bikini training program on there that you can download. Yeah. It's a PDF, but it's £15. I'm not taking a thousand pounds of your money and advertising it as a custom training program. Yeah. That's the thing is it's, it's, it's that whole thing I hate is just like custom training plan. Like, no, just, just don't bullshit people. Just say this is not custom. You're going to get this sent through to you. And that's the thing I think is, and, and honestly, I still hear stories now of people like we've got obviously the two guys that work with us now, um, Jake and Jake, which is annoying. They're both Jake. Um, but you know, those two guys, like they get, they get still deal with clients and they get stuff sent for all the time of like, oh, this is what my old coach gave me. I'm like, and we look at and we have a good laugh about it and we, we look at it. But I, as much as I find it funny and it's, you can't believe the industry, it's like part of me still thinks about that person that's paid that hard-earned money yeah. for that. And that's the thing that, that, that really, really, really annoys me about the industry. But also the space that we've been, moved into now with the mentoring stuff is like, I think we probably spoke about this before privately, but I was a bit skeptical about moving into this space. Um, because it's full of absolute leeches and oh, honestly, it's even worse than personal trainers. Like it's the scum of the scum of personal trainers that made enough money now do mentoring, mm. um, as, as well. And a lot of them never actually had successful fitness businesses and never actually coached that many people. They just kind of like got into the, the business tactics and stuff like that. But the whole thing for me, the thing that sold it to me, the reason that I felt like I had to move into that space was so that I can actually help train up better coaches so that there are more better coaches out there because there's so much shit out there mm-hmm. so that we like all the stuff we talked about that i can help coaches you know avoid all these things and, and show people that they are good coaches and show them all this stuff so that there are less people out there giving out these crappy meal plans and all this sort of shit and one of the big things that we do as soon as someone comes in with to us is this is how you coach this is how you should be doing your check-ins this is how you should be doing it this is the level of service that you is expected this is the industry standard and it's miles ahead of the average, miles, miles ahead. But but as you know, that's not hard to be, to be fair. Um, but, you know, all the coaches that, that we work with are, are at that level. So so unfortunately, we don't really see or hear huge amounts about about what's what's given out. And I'd like to think that the industry's moved on, but I'm, I'm sure it hasn't. No. I'm sure it is just as bad. The th- if anything, I would say now it's actually got a bit worse because what we've had now is the rise of coaching software. So that actually yeah. makes it even easier. So years ago, those coaches that would, and I'm not saying every coach that used software, by the way, is a bad thing. Like there's some good yeah. softwares out there. And if it's used by a good coach, amazing. But for me, what makes a good coach is not that they've got a fancy app with like where you can log all your training and stuff like that. Because actually all yeah. that's doing is in a lot of ways, making it easier to scale out the, the job. Yeah. Again, it depends what you're paying, but if you're paying for bespoke, what a lot of people call one-to-one coaching isn't actually what I'd call one-to-one coaching. It's like meal plan and training plan distribution with a yeah. thumbs up emoji every week on this app. Yeah. Um, and I think the app's reducing contact. So again, if you're paying a premium rate for that, just know that there are coaches out there like myself, like Dan, like the coaches within that they, they mentor that you will get 
um, you know, a lot more for your money from. You'll get actual one-to-one coaching. Like, I think a good question also to ask a coach, actually, coming back to things you should ask, is how many clients do you have? I think that's yeah. a really valid question to ask. That's Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like we've got, you know, we've got people now who um, I've got a girl I can think of in particular. She's just had to create a waiting list um, for her coaching. Um, that's how good I am. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but no, she, she's, she's on 35 clients. And for her, that is full. And, you know, look, there's people doing loads more than that. And, 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 and through time, when she becomes more efficient, she will be able to. But, you know, it's one of the it's one of the good things about good coaches. They go, no, look, I can only help this many people right now with my headspace where I'm at. That's what I'm going to do. And that's how I'm going to I'm going to run my business. Now, 35, in my opinion, is, is on the lower end. I think you could do a lot more than that. Um, you know, full disclosure at the moment, I have 90 clients. But for me, it's like I'm full. I'm not actually taking anyone on. I'm not looking to go past that number. It's like I'm, I'm full. But that's also because I've been doing this eight, nine years. So I can kind of go, well, I know how to be really efficient with all this sort of stuff, still give people the, the time of day. Um, but, you know, you hear about these people like, again, I know someone out there at the moment who's got 223 clients mm. as of last time I, I knew. Now, I know that they're getting text-based thumbs up, like you say, keep going with the meal plan, like, that's it. That's all they get. That's all they can be getting because there's too many people to, to have to, to have to speak to. And are they really going to be getting the best service possible? All that sort of stuff, especially if they're doing check-ins every single week. So again, like with our coaches that we work with and mentoring, we give check-ins every fortnight because they don't actually need to do weekly because there's not enough time to, to fill the gaps. Right. So for us, it means that we actually do in a week. It's like, we actually don't do, you know, as many as, as like two more, 223 every single week it would just, I fry my brain well this is the thing is like we couldn't do it we couldn't do it right that's the thing is like you say that and you go well i couldn't do it but they obviously do because they and they're not they're not burnt out they're they're, they're sitting on beaches they're doing all these sorts they're probably in dubai with me they're sitting over there do you know what i mean they're like they're not doing much and you kind of looking oh they're not even that busy they're they're making sure their training's a priority you know they're doing all these things for them and i I remember for me when i grew my business like my training took a back seat my diet took a backseat because I couldn't, I, my clients came first, whereas a lot of these guys with 220 clients, they're still in the gym three hours a day. Like they're still making sure that their steps are done, their meals are cooked, they're prepped. You know, it's it's that whole thing of it's a bit of a, a red flag again if they've got, you know, all, all those those clients, you're not going to get the sort of time of day you probably want from it. So it's um, it, it's just about figuring that out. So asking that question, yeah, how many clients have got, I think will give you a good idea of, of maybe how they do their check-ins as well yeah. and how much time you're probably going to get from them. I think that's the thing for me is there seems to be this real rise and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just my feed that I'm seeing with the rise of the business mentor, but people really almost flexing and, and are drawing in coaches on the basis of the amount of money that they can earn. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, you can make a good living doing this job. If you're Like anything, if you're good at what you do, you can make a good living. Yeah if you've got good sales tactics and you're not good at what you do, you can make a good living. But for me, it just kind of like the fitness industry historically is a really badly paid one, you know, and I became worse. The reason your dad probably turned his nose up is the same Mm -hmm. reason my mum and dad nearly had a meltdown when I canceled my job as a GP practice manager to go and work in the gym for 13 grand a year, right? Like, Like there was no money in it back then. And you did it because you, liked people that's why I went into it fundamentally and I'm not saying I'm like mother Teresa you know I like I like buying handbags and things Mm. as much as the next person (laughs) I like earning money but for me somebody that really appears to be placing money before people is is coaching like how ethical is that when it comes to a job where you're effectively taking people's like 
not lives into your hands, you know what I mean? You're not a doctor, but it's important, mm. isn't it? Like people's relationships sure. with food, all of that stuff. For sure. And, and look, we, we've seen many of those, you know, relationships with food ruined. We've seen many physiques, many mental health issues absolutely ruined from someone who, who drives around in a, in a really nice car and all that sort of stuff and flashes it all over the place. And look, it, I mean, look, I live in a place, I live in Dubai, I live in a place where that's rife, like, you know, it's all about that. And for, for us in now doing the business coaching stuff that we do, it's actually really easy to have a unique selling point of we're not like that. And actually we're about being good coaches. So guess what? We attract those people who are good coaches who aren't about the flashy lifestyle, aren't about our sort of prepared to do the work. And that's, that's what I mean is like, I feel like at least we're trying to turn the tide on it effectively with that, because you're right. It, it, it shouldn't be about that sort of stuff. And look, I get that people want to share nice things on their Instagram and they want to show off all these sorts of things. And that, and that's great. And I think you sit on a spectrum with that as to what you feel comfortable doing. I just don't share anything that I do. Like I'm, I'm notoriously bad for it. Probably should share more of it actually, if I was to you know be really hypercritical. Um, but to me, it's just not important. It's not important about, it's more important about what my clients do and how they're getting on. And like I said, I think a huge red flag for that is, is if a coach is, is showing off everything they're doing and they've got, rather than their clients who've lost 10 kilos and, you know, get in the shape of their life and feel fantastic. That's probably more important, um, you know, from, from that point of view, but it's, it is a notoriously low paid job, which is, is, is frustrating for a lot of people. Uh, I think when they get into the, the industry, which is why I think when they do then make it, they, they then want to show that off. And, and, and yeah, I just, I just don't like one thing I just hate about some coaches and, 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 he, and the business mentors obviously is at a much higher level is that when they make other people feel inferior mm. because of what they've got. And it's like, if you've got a great physique, don't make someone feel shit because they haven't. If you've got a nice car, don't make someone feel shit because they haven't. Like you are just a human being, you're still shit, like all that sort of stuff, right? It's really important to remember that where I think like, that that for me is, is, a, is a huge thing. And, that, and that's more of a personal thing. I think some people are inspired by people who have amazing things and have great physiques and, all that sort of stuff. I just don't feel like you need to be spoken down to by someone who has those things. And, and all the people that I know and respect who have amazing physiques and do have amazing cars, they never talk down or use it to, to portray themselves as better than anyone else. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the, the key things um, that, that I would say is it's all well and good celebrating it and having it. But there are plenty of people who, who make you feel inferior for that. And, and I can think of three people on my Instagram that I follow who, who do that yeah. regularly and, and, you know, they're coaches apparently. Yeah. I uh, who want to help people. I've unfollowed actually on that basis because yeah. I just find it a little bit yeah. distasteful as well. Like, don't get me wrong. If you've got nice things mm. and you've, you've earned a good living, yeah, be proud of that. But like you said, it's, there's almost this like condescending nature with some of it and this, yeah. you know, and especially it just really like, I, if you hear a, you know, if I get a client that comes to me that tells me about a really poor service they have. And then the next thing I see is that person posting in their Bentley it just really turns my stomach it's like that's 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 one of the things I think with it that I again in the in the mentoring world even more so like you know people are paying a lot more money than than they do for normal coaching you know some people are charging you know two and a half one guy two and a half grand a month he's charging and you know we're getting the clients come to us off the back of him going yeah I didn't see any clients coming off the back of it I didn't see anything good come of it and then he's you know, he's off, he's flying business class and he's, you know, got a, got a brand new, a brand new house. And you kind of feel like, well, that person, and again, that person as well on the sales call was told to take out a credit card to afford it. And you kind of feel I a little think bit I like, know, I'll tell you what, mm. I think I know that person. So if anybody's thinking of joining a business mentoring program, I'll save you the hassle. You give me two and a half thousand pounds and I'll tell you to put out a post saying you're looking for five people wanting to get yeah. in shape. And tone yeah, up. Give you, yeah, I'll give you a fancy website as well. Yeah, and I'll it. give you a fine. fancy website. You give me two and a half thousand pounds. Thank you. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bonkers. It, 
it is it is bonkers. It's 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 just as bad as, as like you said the the coaches and and again like I just feel like a really good coach because ultimately that's all business mentoring is. It's coaching, same as what 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 you do. You know, in terms of fat loss, I still do fat loss stuff as well. And I just think good coaches just really give a shit about people and how how that how things come across and how things are portrayed. Um, and and I think that's that's one thing. I think a good coach that you follow on Instagram will make you feel as if they are as the same as you as, as bad as that sounds but you know what i mean by that like they don't make them out to be better than you they don't yeah. they're not putting themselves in a position where they they they're talking down to people and or about people in that way that they're they're made to feel better than than than, than you and you want to see those things like some of their stories that makes them normal yeah. that, that does all that that sort of stuff and you know they don't need to share you know their car every single day you know they can they can, they can show you got a nice car that's fine once a year that's great but i don't need to see it every single day like you see some of them with the key every single day opening the car. So, all right, mate, said it before. I'll tell you, you another know, thing awesome. as well, actually, that we haven't mentioned yet, but it just sort of sprung to mind is that, like, some of these people in these business mentoring groups, like, they're, if you've just qualified as, like, a personal trainer, or worse, some of these people haven't ever qualified, by the way. Like, I've, mm. I've seen it again in the past with, not going to yeah. say any names, but people have coached. So I know they haven't got any yeah. qualifications. Have they mm. gone on to coaching themselves? If you've got no qualifications, you've got no insurance for a start. And, like, responsible coaches will care about things like that as well. You know, so I see them then holding, like, workshops and gyms and stuff. And I'm like, if somebody drops a plate on their foot, like, and decide, do you know, anyway, um, mm. you know, God, Miss Fun Health and Safety over here. But, <laughs> but this kind of stuff, it, again, all of that stuff shows, like, responsibility, right? You're taking it seriously, not just yeah. you had a coach, you got some good results, so now you're going to divvy out the same thing to everybody else. But, yeah, in some of these group, like, some of these, like, business mentorship groups, because I joined one couple of years back when I decided that I wanted to expand my business and I left mm. early because I got put into this Facebook group and some of the questions being asked in there yeah. were painful and everybody's mm. got to be a new coach once right I was crap when I first started mm. like that's how you learn but my kind of point with this was like you're asking somebody on the one hand, what would you do with this client? That's a really simple question, right? A really, really simple question. And then in the next message, you're saying, how do I put my prices up? You don't, yeah. you get experience and then you put your prices up. And this is the yeah. crazy thing. Like your first, the reason I charge what I charge now and the reason you probably charge what you charge now is over the years, we've reinvested in ourselves. God, like courses, education, mm. like even business expense, like things that you've just reinvested into yourself and into the business over time. If your coach's first port of call is a business mentor when they're fresh out of PT school, it says a lot really, because this is a job where I, I would argue if you want to be a, a coach or a nutritionist or a personal trainer, you need to enjoy learning because shit changes all the time. You need to keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. And all the, all the, all the people who, like I say, in these mentorships who, who are in that position, um, I know of a story of one who wasn't qualified, had no no um, experience, was in one of these groups and asked how they set someone's calories. No. Yeah. You could Google that. That's Legit. the other thing is that they're not even smart enough to Google it. No, 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 no. Like they're not even. So then, <laughs> and then, and then, but then obviously a couple of weeks later said, oh, um, this client's on this many calories, not losing weight. What do I do? Oh my God. Like, you know, you just like, and it comes back to this whole thing of, you know, use the example there of, of 
in, in the mentorship you were in where, you know, those questions are asked and all that sort of stuff. And like you said, it's, it's, you know, someone needs to, it's, I suppose it needs to be asked somewhere, but it makes you realize that, like you said, that you just need time in the trenches. You just need to work with people. And this is why I'm such a huge fan of people doing in-person PT where possible before they go into online coaching. I'm not sure if you took that route. Yeah. Not, yeah. I, I, think did, I was yeah. a virgin active girl. Virgin active. Yeah. Is that, and, and the stat is crazy. The stat is something like, you know, in, in the first year, 90% of PTs don't make it into the second year. They, they drop out. Because guess what? It's hard. <laughs> um, and I know that if you're a good in-person PT, you can be a good online coach because the skills are transferable. You just don't know it yet. You just don't know the systems and that sort of stuff. But if someone comes to me and they're like, I've got no online clients, I've got 23 in-person clients, I'm like, cool, we can work with this. You can, you can do this. Because I know you understand people and you understand gyms and you understand what people want. But you do get a lot of people who just... Uh, I'm in corporate uh, and uh, I'm sick of my job and uh, I've got a coach myself and they've looked like I've got an easy life. So I'm going to go into online coaching. And look, if, if you listen to this, that's you and, and you've done that, like hats off to you. Well done. I'm sure you're a great coach. It doesn't really apply to you. But there are people out there who do that and think it's going to be an easy job because all they get from their coach is a text once a week saying, good job, mate, keep it going. And they don't see the the hours of, like you say, learning, education, all that sort of stuff that goes into it that before you need to do that before you even then think about doing mentoring or, or creating a business. Because I always say to people that with business coaching, I can only really coach you if you've already got a business. Yeah. Kind of makes sense, right? It's like, it, it's, it's the best way it works. And that's just our unique thing. And much like with you, I imagine you work with more females who've got two to three years experience in the gym, probably have done a meal plan before at some point in the future, how they've got that is, is, is doesn't matter. Um, but they kind of know what a squat is. They know what macros are because of the way you market yourself. Likewise with us, it's the way we market ourselves. And I think co coaches don't seem to understand that concept of like, well, what happens when you get someone in who has no clue what they're doing? Yeah. How are you going to online coach them then? I think that, How are you gonna that's when it really shows up, the shit coaches, is when stuff goes wrong or doesn't work yeah. or they need to, like, that's another red flag actually of a coach. Like if you ask your coach why and they come back with, just do it. Like, and actually, oh, yeah. like sometimes I will tell my, my clients, like I will actively say, do you know what? I can't give you any research, any study, any anything to back this yeah. up. But I know from doing this for the last five years that yeah. this, this I've got experience of this working well. But I'm always transparent about that. And there'll be other times when I say, you just need to crack on with it, mate. Um, yeah. But on the whole, you know, if somebody asks for a, que a, a question or an explanation of something, then I can give that to them. And I'm always happy yeah. to, I actually want to educate my clients because the more i educate you like i'm not going to give you a lesson every check-in unless you want one yeah i'll give you especially if that evolves around especially if that revolves around food as well or supplements you know if, if, if it's more that if someone says can i eat this and they say no and you ask why because i said so red flag yeah. again buy this supplement why because i said so red flag you know the stuff you're talking about there about if, if they say why and you're just like it's probably more of a mindset or more of just to like why do you take my steps in you just need to get your steps in just go and do it like that's different yeah. like because it's just something needs to be done over a week it's more that of like if someone says you can't do something yeah so if a coach says yeah you can't do that why not because i said so that's not a good enough reason like it's not a good enough answer they should be able to give you that and all they get or the one i used to say to clients all the time is i'll never tell you to do something i'll give you two options so if you don't want to do your steps, cool, go and do 400 calories of cardio then. They're your two options. Yeah. You've got to do one of them. You pick. I'm not telling you what to do. You've got to pick. I, I always, and, there's always usually a third with mine or don't get any results this week. <laughs> like those are your options. Right, exactly. You yeah. Can yeah, choose yeah. that as well. Like with my That's stuff. That's it. Yeah. No, I yeah. my clients. <laughs> but, but, but know that, but know that you're choosing yeah. that. That's the key thing, right? Know that you're, you, it's a choice and you're making that choice. And, and again, like that's the thing with good coaches is they give you 
they give you those options. They, they, they kind of like, they effectively hold a mirror up to you and go, yeah, cool. Like you can do what you want to do. One way is going to get you results. One way is not, but it is a choice and it's your choice. And I think good coaches ask the right questions. They don't give you those statements. They don't just say this, do this. They go, well, you don't have to do it, yeah. but it's going to mean that you've just wasted your week of, of dieting and doing all those things. Like if you want to go out for a brunch, yeah, great, go and do it. Yeah. I'd recommend you don't and you don't eat all this shit and you don't drink all that shit. But if you do, it just means all the dieting you've done Monday to Friday is wasted. You pick. Yeah, That's what a good coach does. They go, you pick. Yeah. It's up to you. It's, it's um, funny actually, because yeah. there are so many people that call themselves coaches with terrible coaching skills. Like they just dictate or talk yeah. at people. Like, but like you said, they're just they're just meal plan distributors. Yeah. They're not coaches. That's that's the difference, yeah. right? That's how, again, one way you can kind of spot yeah. it, I guess. I had an inquiry call actually, it just made me think of this, popped into my head. Um, I had an inquiry call with one of my clients, she's been with me for about 18 months now. But on our very first call, I can still remember it. And she said, I want to get in shape. And I said to her, and my first question back to that was, what does in shape look like to you? Mm. And she said to me, I've spoke to three coaches this week and you're the first person that's asked me that. And I was like, yeah, because yeah. I can't just assume, I know what I think looks in shape, but that might not be what you think looks in shape. And even just that on a fundamental level, it's like, you know, yeah. am I an arrogant coach that assumes that in shape means look like me? Everybody wants a Bentley. Like, I haven't got a Bentley. I've got a Peugeot. You don't want one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be honest, I'd be a, I'm a hazard in, in the Peugeot. So it's best I don't have anything with a decent engine. About to say, it's, best you do, it's best you don't have a car that goes quicker. I'm when I'm going. It's parking. That's a bit, bit of a problem. Parking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can imagine as well in Bristol City Centre. It's not always the, oh, the most yeah. fun place to be for parking. No, it's definitely not. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, but it, it, it is people don't ask like, and I think that's another one. If a coach never asks questions of you, like, don't get me wrong, I think, you know, you don't want it to be like, you do need someone that can tell, just tell you what to do sometimes as well, yeah. but that it should be a two-way process, not you being spoken at all of the time. Yeah. And and, and a lot of the work I do now with, with coaches in their businesses, I, I'm, I'd say 80% of my responses to WhatsApps are, well, what do you think is the best thing to do? Yeah. Well, why are you doing it that way? Why is that, why has that been an issue? Um, because ultimately you're trying to change the way someone thinks and acts and all that sort of stuff. And you're not going to get there by just giving the statements out of them. I, again, I know from having a kid that, you, you know, shouting at them rarely works. Um, <laughs> fortunately, it, you, you have to kind of figure out, well, what do you want out of this? And we'll come to a compromise as to, as to how you're going to get it. Right. And it's the same with coaching. It's like, why are you asking me this question? Cause you want to know the answer. Well, there isn't a right or wrong answer. We need to figure out what the answer is for you. So what's the question you're actually asking yourself is, is this the right thing for me and my business? And again, it's having those discussions that you get to the answer rather than me just, I, I could reply to all those WhatsApps and just tell them exactly what I think, but it'd be what's right for my business, which wouldn't be what's right for their business. And it's the same with nutrition. And, and the beauty of working with coaches for me now is I, I use that analogy all the time. It's like, what would you say to a client if this was their diet? It doesn't matter. Just pick one. Right. I'm saying anything to you. It's, it's that whole thing of it. It's so many analogies work with it. It's consistency, hard work, and do it and, and turn up every single day. Like that's that's the reality of it. And I say to them, like, post on Instagram is you eating your protein. Post on Instagram stories is you doing your steps. Doing your client check-ins is you hitting your calories. Like you've got to hit your protein, calories, and steps each day. Add some training in the mix. And guess what? In three years, would you have a better physique? Of course you would. Right. I'm asking you to do the same thing with your business, and in three years, you're going to have a better business. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's that straightforward, but they don't want to hear that because then they go, I'm going really to back to that because they know that it's the same. It works exactly the same but way. The crazy thing is, is, is we can make it sound super straightforward. Right. And I think sometimes that is what people think, you know, those coaches that we were saying that like, Oh, someone made it look super easy for me. And I guess that kind of loops back to what I was saying. It's when things go wrong. So when things become a little yeah. bit difficult or, you know, th- like that for me is when, if a coach can get you through that or something's a little bit more challenging, you know, mm. like th- these coaches they're going to come unstuck what if they get someone that's got pcos what if they get someone that just shit yeah. doesn't seem to be working what if they get someone that's got an underlying health condition and they don't think to tell them to go to their gp you know like all of this kind of stuff um yeah. but yeah well we have rambled on for an hour and seven minutes dan so i apologize to everyone listening that must be a, a boring hour it's just me and you putting the world to rights but yeah exactly this yeah. is just from my but to be fair we're talking about coaching red flags with coaching red flags it could be three hours long yeah, to be fair we could be yeah, a, for a long time. i feel like we barely scratched the surface <laughs> with this one. yeah um, well hopefully we've got the main ones in there anyway yeah hopefully. but dan yeah. if anybody does have any more questions or wants to pick your brain or they're a coach themselves and they want to kind of get some proper mentoring <laughs> yeah where can they coaching. find you um on instagram i am at dan biceps banter all one word at dan biceps banter so yeah come say hello i don't bite i'm really nice uh, it is me in my dms it's not some va or some weird person <laughs> it's literally me i speak to people all the time um with that but yeah look like i said i still i still coach as well and and you know if you i i think the, the key thing there to remember is that good coaches are approachable as well so just just say hi just just you know be a human about it and um yeah i'm always happy to answer any questions you've got and if you want anyone wants to know if laura's a good coach or not message me i'll tell you yeah. i'll give you the lowdown. down the real Shoot, scoop yeah. on yeah. me you can message yeah. yeah yeah that's it yeah, yeah no problem <laughs> well, thank you very much dan and thank you everyone for listening and i will catch you all in the next episode